Work is no longer just about productivity and metrics. It's about people. And when we focus on positivity, communication, belonging, and development, the numbers take care of themselves. This is Work Human Radio, where we talk to authors, researchers, and business leaders about the latest trends making work more human around the world. Welcome back to Work Human Radio. I am your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Mike Wood. Methinks, Mike, this is going to be a very important but very spirited conversation. I'm very much looking forward to it. We're joined this afternoon by Eddie Swartz. She's the CEO of Reach Hire. Eddie, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is ours. We're also joined by Lauren Zajac. She's the Chief Legal Officer with Work Human. Lauren, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Thank you. Nice to be here. All right. Well, this is Mike, this is going to be a great conversation. Lead us off. Where are we going? Yes, we got some legal heavyweights here that are ready to to (laughs) weigh in on the current trend. So, Addie, I was reading about your presentation about work human, and you mentioned that a woman's career journey deviates right at the beginning when men advancing 21% more at the first level of promotion. So what can companies do at the beginnings of a woman's career journey? Yeah, this is a really surprising statistic. There's been so much focus in the past about women dropping out to have families, hitting a certain middle level. But the big aha moment really was when the McKinsey research came out in October. And it said that men get promoted 21% more from individual contributor to manager. That's shocking. It means that right out of the gate, even though equal amounts of women and men are starting in companies, women are just not making it up. And if you're a woman of color, it's twice as bad. So If we can't get more women that are starting up that pipeline, then how do we ever expect there to be more women in middle management and senior levels? Right, right. Certainly, from my perspective, one of the things I hear all the time when I talk about any of these related issues, pay equity, I just finished a panel on, and one of those folks asked me, well, isn't it solved by just bringing in more women executives? And the answer is obviously, knowing that statistic, no, because the problem starts there, and if you don't solve the problem all the way through individual contributor to middle management and then to executive, we're going to perpetuate the problem across the board. The other crazy stats that are out there with millennials and Gen Zs, they are taking over the workforce. So by 2025, 75% of the workforce will be millennials. Mm. And one in every three millennials quits within the first year. And then two thirds quit within three years. So clearly something is happening at the beginning. Mm -hmm. And what I am believe is that the system just isn't working for this next set of generations. If we don't stop it, we're going to have a huge brain drain. And that brain drain is going to really impact future innovation creativity across the board. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if if that's the case, and obviously there's a real impact monetarily and otherwise to companies, but not even being able to realize the investment in those folks, those millennials starting out, it is great. How are we going to create an ongoing workforce if that's the issue? Yeah. And if you think about women spend $20 trillion Mm, (laughs) in consumer spending every year. So women are making those decisions. So if companies that are trying to target half of our population don't reflect and that workforce doesn't reflect those consumer needs, how we can identify and then go after those opportunities. Absolutely. So I think there's a big issue. Mm. So I guess a two-part question. So 
Are we doing enough to bring awareness to this? You mentioned pay equity, and so there's been some strong leadership out of Hollywood saying, mm-hmm. we got to write this scale. The Me Too movement, a lot of discussion, a lot of thought leadership about addressing the issues. So maybe there's a growing awareness, but are we doing enough there? Is it beginning to track in the right direction? Mike and I are certainly allies in this fight, but what else can management do? What else can men do to help move this along the way it should go? Well, I believe there's a number of things that we all need to do in order to really invert the problem that we have in front of us. On the men's side, clearly, men are critical to the conversation. And so we need every one of you to be as supportive of each and every one of us. And together, we just need to build better companies. And it shouldn't be about gender at all. So how we're in a situation where it's so lopsided is odd, but here's where we are. So you know, concrete things that men can do. One is when a woman has a great idea in a meeting, reiterate that idea as her idea. Mm -hmm. So as Lauren said, she (laughs) highlighted this incredible point. Let's give Lauren some great credit there for having that innovative idea, as opposed to just reiterating the idea and not saying Lauren did it. (laughs) And the sort of the amplify voices is Mm -hmm. one thing. You were just on a panel about minding the gap, Mm. you know, minding that pay gap. I don't understand. Jobs need to be done. Why is it gender specific Mm -hmm. how much you get paid? It should Mm -hmm. be, this is the job. This is what it pays. It shouldn't even get involved about who's doing the job. So I think that's important. And then there was some conversation about mentors, a lot of conversation about mentors. You know, it's something that you find a mentor, but it's not somebody that you have a relationship with in a contractual way. It's more tacit. But the word men is in mentor. So you can't create these mentor programs that are women helping other women. Last I looked, there are many, many more men at senior levels. They need to drop down, kick those women out, and then move them along. And I think the other thing that's certainly one of the things we're doing a lot at Work Human is really encouraging folks to take on mentees and act as mentors. But what's interesting about that structure, right, an executive or a higher level man taking on a female as his mentee, it brings a different awareness. I mean, I'm always shocked that I think we're having a good, all of these things, the confluence of all of these, the Me Too and right, the pay equity, I think is great. It's creating a platform for us to have these conversations. But I am a little shocked that certain folks seem to be a little isolated and are shocked by maybe because it hasn't come into their experience that they've noticed the pay gap or they haven't had the situation to experience some of the discriminatory things that sometimes women or minorities go through on a daily basis. So that kind of relationship can sort of open an awareness in the man as well as sort of support the woman on her journey. So I think it's kind of twofold in that way. And I do think that there's some companies that are really hitting this full on. Hmm. They're having men as allies symposiums and they're flying men in of leadership all over the country to sort of get in this dialogue of what can we do together and Hmm. we're solving this problem together. Bringing that out to the fore and being more transparent about it is obviously key. Mm -hmm. I think another thing that I think is really important for corporate America in general is that we have more and more programs that are aimed at both men and women that are benefits. Like Mm -hmm. there's maternity leave. Well, guess what? There's paternity leave. So if we really need to make an equal world, we need to encourage men to take their paternity leave. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Because guess what? They want to spend as much time with their new families as the women do. And so by not encouraging that and creating a structure, we're sort of not doing anything differently than Gary Hamill talked to us a little bit about earlier, which is we have that 150 years of certain structure of a corporation and we're not 
making any change. Mm. So like as a man, I will tell you that there is this stigma that you're supposed to work nonstop. My father didn't take vacation days. You just work and work and work. There's still that stigma that back in the older generation, the husband would just be out in the waiting room waiting for the baby. And then he goes right back to work the next day. (laughs) So there's a fear. And I don't know whether it's rational or not, that if you take all of that paternity time or you take all of your vacation time, someone else is going to be moving ahead and doing things that you should be doing. And they're going to look to that person. Oh, but they were much harder worker and stuff. So how can we get around that? Well, so some innovative companies are looking at paternity leave and maternity leave a little differently. I know a couple of companies in Silicon Valley where you're allowed to divide your leave up into chunks of like two weeks at a time, Mm. spread over like four or five months. That's kind of a cool idea. That's a very cool <laughs> idea. Very and I think it solves that issue, right? Yeah. And, and it allows, right, obviously there is this view of women, and we can get into this, but women that take leave as sort of not as being as committed, causing folks to break it up and encouraging dads to take paternity leave, I think sort of evens the playing field a little bit. So I think we just have to think less gender lens yes. and more equal lens. Yeah, I agree. Across the board on everything, not just about pay, but about every opportunity. Mm. I think the other thing is, is that we have so many new tools and technologies. I was just blown away by seeing all the amazing work human stuff Mm. that was just announced. And I'm just so excited about it all. But there are tools and technologies that address these problems. And we actually have invested a number of years in developing a new virtual platform to help younger women thrive and rise and to sort of marry up the initiatives that the big companies are focusing on across the board in other areas, and then leveraging the men, that diversity, HR, and helping everybody in the pipeline. Mm. Yeah. And then Lauren, so I've worked with you for my entire tenure at work, <laughs> human, but uh, how long have you been at the company? 11 years. 11 years. Mm-hmm. So you've been there from probably like 100 employees or so to now that we're well over 500. Like, Mm. What are some of the new and exciting things that we can tell people that we're doing internally Internally. to help move everything forward? Yeah. My sort of biggest area of pride, not that I've done it alone, but certainly have been helpful in moving this journey along is our women's network. It's our first employee resource group that we have sponsored. And I am just blown away by the amount of participation we've had. Both, we have two locations, as you know, right? The Dublin, Ireland, and just outside of Boston. We've had equal participation in both locations. In a very short amount of time, we've had speakers. We've had additional resources brought in. We've created a blog. We've created a website. And we have more and more volunteers and more folks being wanting to be both men and women. So I think we've done a really good job of having equal representation. And we hope that that's the model and the blueprint for more employee resource groups for minorities and other groups of employees that want to get together and talk about issues and share resources. I think we're doing a great thing there. And the dialogue that it's opened up and the relationships that it's strengthened is what's amazing to me. Lauren, how do you set up some sort of a resource group like that where you say, hey, we want to do this. We want this to be a meaningful project that actually encourages people to be empowered and involved and offer and contribute to the dialogue versus something that you mandate and say, we are having a, and you are required to be, because it almost becomes punitive. It does. What's the fine line between that being something that works and doesn't? Yeah. So I think we've done a good job of that at Work Human. What we did as an executive team, and I was the executive sponsor for it, I sort of brought it up at the executive level. We sort of understood and created some constructs. Other executive sponsors and myself 
created the first meeting and then we sort of said, now we want you guys to raise your hands and we want you guys to take responsibility. We'll be here to help this along its path. And that's exactly what happened. So we didn't want it to feel sort of mandated and top down. We sort of said, here's the platform. Here's what you have to play with. Now go do your thing. And that's exactly what's happened. And then does the management team or the sponsors such as yourself, I mean, the other part of this thing working is actually listening to mm. the feedback and taking and, action on that. And right? I think that's the other sort, that's the other balance. And we've done a really good job. And I have been involved in all of the events that we've had. And we have kind of quarterly meetings where we do listen and, and we take all of those suggestions and maybe different activities we can undertake. And we have put all of those into play. So I think it is a fine line, but I think you sort of have to make sure that you give as much guidance and support as possible and then step away a little bit. Let it see how it plays. And you're right. It has taken off. Once people know that there's this opportunity there, they kind of take ownership of it. And then it becomes almost their group. It does. If there's something you want to do, bring it up. Mm. And thank you to the executive team for being open to that, that we can have groups like this form yeah. up. Yeah. So I my think pleasure. The, the beautiful part of that is building community mm. and connection and the connection between different people that are at different levels and just sharing ideas and having mm. a community that really is trusting and mm -hmm. you can bounce ideas off of. And Yeah, it's been just a great, even around the holidays, we had a group of, and we segmented it out actually. We had so much participation by age, just how moms handle working and getting the holiday cooking done and getting the shopping <laughs> done. And I mean, it was just such a great bond for all yeah. of those people involved. And yeah, it was great fun. Now, I'm lucky that I sit next to Sarah Payne, mm -hmm. our blogger here, that I've developed such a good relationship with her and knowing what she goes through on a day-to-day -day basis in terms of anything that I could say that could be perceived as bad, she will let me know. <laughs> um, I love it. <laughs> yeah. We are talking about you. She just walked by outside. So I think as a man, I am prone to make stupid comments um, about women's issues because I don't know what I'm talking about. So mm. I think having that kind of open form and you're allowed to make a mistake and yeah. learn from it. Mm -hmm. and not just immediately go to HR and pack your bags. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but Lauren, this isn't just about men and women, right? And there's other diversity and inclusion issues we need to think about here too, yes? Sure, absolutely. Absolutely. I think, as I said, internally, our women's network and women's group was the first that we want to sort of use as a blueprint to help support other minorities and other folks that want to get together as an employee resource group. But yeah, I think any of these issues, right? Obviously, the pay gap issue and, and advancement promotion, it affects women and minorities and certainly others. Any comments on that issue as well? Yeah, I think that with so many millennials going to be in the workforce, some other data that's interesting is that 84% of them expect that they'll take a career break. So whether or not they're a man or a woman, they're planning on taking time off to do something else and make that part of the fabric of their life. Mm -hmm. So I think that organizations that are on the cutting edge are going to have to think more broadly and more innovatively about how we off-ramp great employees and then on-ramp them again mm. and or bring great people back into companies that have taken time off, that have huge potential and with the right training, support and opportunity can really thrive. So I think that that's another area, just pushing those on-ramps and off-ramps so that we really opportunistically get the best talent. Because mm. Where's our innovation and creativity coming from? Right. Our people. Right. And so we need the best people and we need to meet people wherever they are. Men and women. Men and women. I was just going to say, echo the point you made earlier. I think if companies work to sort of 
holistically look at onboarding and offboarding, right? Bringing folks back on men or women. I mean, it's going to eliminate a lot of one of the biggest discriminatory areas for women is women that leave to have children and the view that they aren't as committed, they aren't as, right? They're not, they don't have the same longevity. So if we look at this more holistically and less sort of gender biased, I think that's a great way for companies to approach it. Well, I just think that careers of the future are not going to be linear. Right. So both for men and women and people are going to go off and do their own thing for a while. Mm. We know so many people are starting their own sidekicks, yeah, <laughs> side right. hustles. That's right. And they well. might go try it for a while and then realize, hey, I might not be the entrepreneur <laughs> that I thought I was. I might want to go back into a company. And by the way, that's male and female. Mm-hmm. It's not just because you're stopping out as a woman to have kids. You're going to have different kinds of parts of your life. And to fit them all together, I think, is the challenge and the real opportunity for tomorrow's future companies. And I think that, so I have a three-year-old, we have a daycare. And I think that with the kind of changing dynamics of like, you can't really afford to go home and be home with the children for a couple of years because you need that type of income. You can't really survive on one income anymore, at least where I live. So I think there's going to be more of like, how do you support women when they are transitioning, not just back into the workforce, but working and having a child at home Uh, and men too, because onboarding, it can be after 12 weeks. It doesn't have to be after five years. We need to do more programming on all fronts. Yeah. 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 I'm hoping the government jumps in and helps out with daycare. But you know what? It's not just about affordability. It's about the value of your life and the ability that you have to have an impact. And so Mm. I think every individual has the right to do that and sort of actualize their potential in more than just one avenue. And I think that the future is all about leveraging yourself professionally, personally, across those seven points that right. I heard somebody right. talk about. Right. Right. <laughs> well, no, agreed. This is one of those discussions that we need a lot of time and further discussion on and around. But unfortunately, we're out of time for today. Addie, should anyone want to connect with you and learn more about your work and ask you any questions, how do they find you? Ah, rechire.com with one H. All right. And Lauren, should someone want to connect with you, how do they find you? Workhuman.com. <laughs> All right. Simple enough. Eddie Swartz, the CEO of Rechire, and Lauren Zajak, the chief legal officer with Workhuman. Eddie, Lauren, it was great to have you. Thanks so Thank much you. for Thanks so much for having us. If you want to see business leaders, culture keepers, and industry experts come together to share the latest research and ideas for making work more human, you need to be at Work Human Live in 2020, May 11th through the 14th in San Antonio. Visit workhuman.com to see the full lineup of speakers and reserve your spot in the number one conference of 2020. 